to sit on you. Glory to God. Thank God we don't just go to church just to sing three songs and hear a 20-minute sermon and, and go home to eat spaghetti. Thank God we don't live in fear. Thank God we don't live in fear. Right? Well, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna listen to God's word about Acts. Wasn't quite sure where we were headed. Was kind of sure where we were headed in the prayer room. And then the uh, Holy Spirit made himself really apparent. Uh, really apparent. So we're going to go to Acts and we're going to talk about Paul. We're going to talk about the anointing. We're going to talk about the anointing. The anointing, Pastor Wade. Yeah. The anointing. That tangible stuff. What do you mean that tangible stuff? Hey, Lori, I've been, I've been trying to hold this off because as I was up here, I, I found where you were at, Lori Crandall. Um, this just shows that God has a sense of humor. Because during worship, Holy Spirit's like, hey, you need, to, you need to find Lori Crandall. Cooper, thank you. I'm not sure if that was my wife or Pastor Mark's wife. <laughs> it was simultaneous. <laughs> Mom and wife. And, um, and so... Uh, during, during worship, I wouldn't be prefacing this except I see with my eyes now. But during worship, he said, hey, I want you to let everybody know how the anointing works. And then he reminded me of Acts chapter 19 where Paul's handkerchiefs and clothing would be stolen, huh? After he worked and sweated in them, meaning the anointing got on them. And the, and the people would take them and they'd take them to the sick and the sick would be healed. Because the anointing is transferable. Yeah. Glory to God, the anointing is transferable. Yeah. So he says, he says to me, hey, you're going you're gonna to put on Lori Cooper's sweater. And I'm like, how do you know what she's wearing? And I'm up there and I see and I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. So I'm hoping that maybe, Lori, do you have a different sweater like behind you? Or is that the only sweater you have? That's the only sweater you have. <laughs> I'm not going to put it all the way on. I'm just going to kind of drape it on me. He does. <laughs> now, I don't want to stretch it. You're skinny. I'm st- <laughs> now, y'all might be sitting there going, man, he's done lost his mind. And I, and I get super hot, too, so it's like, why a sweater, Lord? Couldn't you get, I don't know, something? I'm not going to put it on, but here's the deal. It smells good. Look, Pastor, Pastor Mark was up here in the beginning, and he was talking about in Acts that the Holy Spirit came and sat on them. A couple trips to Africa, Pastor Mark, I was, I was forewarning the, the group of 18 going with us this, this next week, Pastor. And I said, hey, I don't know how it's going to work, but Pastor's going to pray for the team. I don't know if it's going to be individual or as a group. Um, but beware. It's powerful, and he is spot on. I mean, we had recordings, and, and one of the things he said to somebody was, you're going to be like best friends to everyone you meet. And, th- and this person was no joke. He was friends with everyone. It was the crazy, everywhere we stopped, it was this, this guy was best friends with everyone. It was awesome. And it brought people to the Lord. 
It wasn't even, it wasn't the spoken gospel. It was the walked out gospel. It was the anointing that, that, that he carried. It was, the, it was the word from God and the person received it. See, he received the word from the man of God. And he believed it. And it got walked out. And then he comes to me and he says, I don't want to say too much, but I'll say this. He says, mantle, mantle. And I'm like, mantle, I don't, what do you mean mantle? Like I'm, I'm perplexed. And so I receive it, I believe it, and I'm willing to do whatever. And so, uh, so there we were uh, in the Sunday morning church thing, because during, during the crusades out in the jungle, we'll have a Sunday morning conference. And, and the church conference grew from about, uh, about 120-ish, 200, to about 265. And, I, and the reason I know this is because they had to get more chairs. It was about 265. And then on the third day, it grew to um, upwards of 500. And there were still people, it was 500 chairs. And then there were still people sitting, remember Pastor Doug? There were still people sitting on the, on the grounds, and they brought kids from Capstone. And um, we were sitting there, and, and, and Jen was sitting on, my, on my, my right side, and Sister Becky was sitting on my left side. Is that right? Yeah. And... And we're sitting there, and, and Pastor Doug's preaching. And, and he's preaching about the gifts. Now get this. I asked him earlier in the day, I said, hey, would you be able to teach about the gifts of the believers this morning at the church conference? And Pastor Doug, in Pastor Doug character, completely submits and, and goes, absolutely, Pastor. Now he had something, he had something else that he, he kind of wanted to teach. But he absolutely submitted and that's a weird thing, right? Because, like, we're equals. Like, <laughs> he could have said, hey, I really want to teach this. And I probably would have been like, I'm going to trust him, you know. But he submitted. So there we are. Pastor Doug's preaching the word. And I'm sitting there, and, and he's preaching about the gifts of God, right? And all of a sudden, everything changed. I'll never forget it. And when I say everything, everything changed. I'm sitting there, and I'm like, all I felt all of a sudden was a weight on me. And I was like, whoa, what just changed? Oh my gosh, something just changed with me. And I turned to my wife and I said, did you, did you experience that? What just happened? She goes, I don't know what you're talking about. And I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. Something just, something just changed with me. She goes, I don't know. I turned to Sister Becky and I'm like, did you just feel that, experience that? I'm like, no. I'm like, she was like, what, are you all right? And I'm like, yeah. And I'm now sitting there not hearing anything Pastor Doug's preaching on. He was probably preaching on his own message. I'm joking. <laughs> he, was, he wasn't. We have it on video. And, um, and, and so I'm sitting there not really listening anymore because I can't understand what just happened to me. Everything changed. But Jen couldn't sense it. Sister Becky couldn't sense it. It was here. It was, I mean... The only way I can say it is Jesus came and sat on my lap. Amen. It's the only way I can, and can say it. And so the, the service goes on, and um, all of a sudden a car drives up and pulls out a lifeless body out of the back and drops it right down in front of Pastor Doug, huh? There's Pastor Doug, man. First time to Africa. We prayed things out for I don't know how many weeks, and, and he's like, hey, 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 don't mind that. Don't get distracted. We're going to preach the word. 
and signs and miracles and wonders will follow. Amen? We're not going to get distracted. Amen? Long story short, she raised. Um, but what I'm getting at is Holy Spirit can come and sit on your lap. He can come and manifest Himself on you and in you and come out of you. There was another service where we were, we were preaching. Uh, it was probably our third trip to Africa. It's happened here as well with handkerchiefs. And, and, and people bring handkerchiefs up and we pray over them or, or sometimes they'll ask us to hold them while we preach. Um, or Holy Spirit will say, hey, put on a, a jaguar or leopard sweater. Because the anointing, it wants to get out. He wants to get out on people. He wants to heal people. He's just, he's just waiting to see if you or I are willing enough to go, yeah, I'll wear a leopard sweater and not care that it's probably going to be on Instagram, Paul. That's Lori's husband was already taking snaps, pictures. But see, I don't care. Because what's going to happen at the, uh, towards somewhere in the end of the service somewhere, she's going to put this back on and she's going to get rocked. Why? Because the anointing. Why? It's what Pastor Mark was talking about as well in the beginning. In the beginning when, when you can walk out from somewhere and you walk in and you're like, whoa, something's different in here. Whoa. It happens all the time. Sometimes you're almost like, well, I'm going to go use the restroom just so I can come back in. Don't do it. But it's noticeable, huh, Pastor Mac? You come in usually because you're, you're helping with the lobby, right? And you walk in and experience the same thing. Totally. So there we were preaching in this church, and I'm sweating like crazy, and I borrowed the hotel towel. I didn't plan on speaking that day, but one of the speakers, as, his, as their front foot hit the, hit the platform, they had to run out to the facility. And so they looked at me and said, preach. And I'm like, oh, Lord Jesus. I had two people planned. I don't have a message, Pastor. But thank God I went to Life Bible College because he taught us in second year to be ready in season and out of season. Right, graduates of LBC? Be ready in season and out of season. And so I had been sitting during worship just pouring sweat. And I'm wiping myself off and my arms off and my neck and my head. And I thought to myself, I'm going to preach about the anointing. I'm going to preach about the anointing and, and how the anointing gets into cloths and into chairs and into clothes. And it's the anointing that breaks bondages. Amen. Glory to God. And so there I am wiping sweat off and preaching and, and never done this before. Never, never taught on that before. Never taught about handkerchiefs before. And, and a young man said his knee was, was injured. He couldn't, couldn't uh, bend it. He couldn't move. He couldn't dance. Remember this? And... Uh, there he is, and I'm standing back listening to this testimony, and I'm like, yeah, Holy Spirit, just get him from here. Like, just get him from here. I'm praying, healing into him from like 25 feet. Get him from here. And he goes, no, I need you to hit him with that towel you've been sweat sweating on. And I'm like, but why not just do it like I just asked? See, I thought I knew better. But I had to trust the Holy Spirit to move 25 feet and hit this young man with a towel on his knee. 
Now, how much of a schmuck would I look like if it didn't work? Right? We'd probably never get invited back to Africa. But here's the deal. It's not about me or you. You don't think God cares about His name? He adores His name. He adores Jesus' name. And He can't wait to perform His Word. He, he anticipates it with great, great anticipation. Like a dog waiting to bite somebody. And so I, I go, for you that are new, I was, I'm an ex-police officer who had a, a canine. So there's the reference, just so you don't think I just randomly talk about dogs biting people. Um, and then our head pastor, he has a, he has a huge, for like totally ferocious type of dog too. And if you get bit by this dog, you're probably losing at least a hangnail. And so his name is Hercules. And he's a chihuahua, and, uh, and he's cute as can be. And so we love animals here, uh, dogs anyways. And, um, and so, so there I am about 25 feet away, 20, 25 feet away with this towel. I've been dripping sweat, been wiping off with it. It has that red, awesome, beautiful clay African dirt. Now, I hadn't been laying around in the dirt, hadn't been playing in the dirt, but you sweat African dirt while you're there. Somehow it becomes in your pores. And... Uh, and so I see this young man on the platform, and I go up to him, and I, I take, I mean, Reggie Jackson type of swing for all of us old people who know Reggie Jackson. And, uh, and I hit him on the name. I said, be healed in Jesus' name. And phew, he starts dancing. I mean, dancing, jumping. He's healed. The place is going crazy. We're preaching about the anointing of, come on, Jesus. We're talking about the anointing of Jesus that breaks bondages that sets the captives free, that heals in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And verse 11, And God was doing extraordinary miracles by the hands of Paul, so that even handkerchiefs or aprons that had touched his skin were carried away to the sick, and their diseases left them. Chapter 19. How do you guys not know this chapter? Thank you. 1911, sorry, it's one of my favorite chapters. 1911 in Acts. And God was doing extraordinary miracles by the hands of Paul so that even handkerchiefs or aprons or jaguar sweaters that had touched his skin were carried away to the sick. And their diseases left them and the evil spirits came out of them. Paul didn't even pray for him. How powerful are we as Christians? How powerful are we as Holy Ghost anointed Christians to walk the face of this earth? All the media is talking about Corona this, Corona that. Read the newest update. Initials this, initials that. I got initials too. It's JC. And I'm not playing around. I'm not just saying this for, to get a clap. No. We've seen HIV healed in Africa. Not by, not by us or our own doings, but by Jesus' name. It's his name above all names. And when he comes and sits on you and he resides in your inner man, the innermost, you can do anything that he did. Anything. Oh, well, I got to be I got to be a fivefold minister. No, it says Christian, a believer. That's how special we are. We are a walking, talking, breathing Hand-touching miracles. 
hand-touching miracles. We should be yearning for the next person to be like, oh, I got corona, cool, I got, a, I got something for you, come here. Well, put a mask on or something, I don't need a mask. Diseases die when they touch me. Well, what makes you so special? Let me tell you. I got this friend, and his name's Jesus. And if you believe, if you believe, if you trust him, oh, come on, if you trust him. Hey, well, well, hey, Pastor Bill, aren't you nervous? You should probably cancel this trip you're going to Africa next week. I mean, the coronavirus. It should be nervous. Not we be nervous. It should be nervous. Know who we are in Christ Jesus. It is he who strengthens us. Come on, man. Maybe, maybe just some of us is in, and it's okay if you get it corrected. It's okay if you get back on the path. Maybe some of us just haven't stepped out enough and said, no, I truly trust him. I'm willing to put on a Jaguar sweater. No, I really trust him. I'm going to the altar this week. I'm willing to actually say, I have been doing it wrong. I'm ready to do it right. Father, please forgive me. Teach me how to do it right. And watch what will happen. That's what Paul did. He repented. Pastor Doug repented. Pastor Mark repented. I repented. We that are believers, did we all repent and receive Jesus Christ as our personal Lord and Savior? Raise your hand. And I'm not looking just in case there's someone that won't get saved today. I don't want anybody to be like, oh, well, you saw their hand not raised. So that's why I kept looking in the baptism. I looked at Zach, really. Come on, man. His handkerchiefs and aprons were used to heal the sick. The man, man at Gadara. Oh, what is that? Luke chapter 8? Is that Luke chapter 8? Let's go check it out and see if it is. Yeah. If it's not, does somebody know? Pastor Doug, you know what it is? 26? 826? And after crying out and convulsing him terribly, it came out. And the boy was like a corpse, so that most of them said, He is dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him up, and he arose. And when he had entered the house, his disciples... Asked him privately, why could we not cast it out? And he said to them, this kind cannot come out or driven out anything but uh, by prayer. That doesn't seem like that's right. I'm in 926. God. At least when I was reading, I'm like, that does not seem right. Seriously, as all of you guys are laughing, like, he, he read the wrong verse. I'm wearing a Jaguar sweater. You think reading the wrong verse gets me? No. Sorry, Miss Amy. I'm not going to stretch out the... What are these things? Do your clothes have these? Oh, it's for the hanger. thought it was for like when you're being cool and you put your finger in there and you're like. 
That's what I thought it was. We can have fun. <laughs> oh, thank you, Jesus. 826, right, Pastor Doug? Luke, right? Golly. This perfume's getting to me. I was a 826 in Mark. Then they, they sailed to the country, uh, which is the opposite of Galilee. When Jesus had stepped out on land... There met him a man from the city who had demons for a long time. He had worn no clothes and he had not lived in a house. But among the tombs, when he saw Jesus, he cried out and fell down before him and said with a loud voice, What have you done? What have you do to do with me, Jesus, son of the most high God? I beg you, do not torment me. For he had commanded the unclean spirit to come out of the man. For many at a time it had seized him, he was kept under guard and bound with chains and shackles. But he would break the bonds and be driven by the demon into the desert. Jesus then asked him, What is your name? And he said, Legion. For many demons had entered him, and they begged him not to command them to depart into the abyss. Now a large herd of pigs was feeding there on the hillside, and they begged him to let them enter, the, enter these. So he cast them into the pigs, and they rushed down a steep bank and went into the lake and drowned. The madman in the caves knew who Jesus was. Now, I'll go one step further. The madman probably didn't really know who he was. He didn't know who he was, but the demons did. And that's who was, that's who was controlling and speaking and having the conversation. I don't know about you, but Jesus lives in me. I know he lives in Pastor. I know he lives in Pastor Doug. I know he lives in Pastor Wade. I know he lives in my wife. I know he lives in Miss, Miss Amy. I, I mean, I can go on by, by knowing exactly who. But I'm saying this. Just because you're a Christian doesn't mean it doesn't mean that you get to walk around and do this. You know why? Because do you believe? Do you trust him? The devil's a liar. Do you trust him? Because I know a lot of Christians that are like, well, I don't, I don't know about that. I, I don't know about casting demons out of people. I, I, I don't know about that. But they're saved. They're, they're a Christian. We're Christians, right? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Here, here let's, let's show, let's, let's have this conversation. If you're a Christian and you trust Jesus and you have a relationship with him, see, because you can't just use his names because further down in, the, in those chapters, it talks about the, the seven sons of Sceva, right? And they had, the, the demons had their way with them because they didn't actually know Jesus themselves. They knew of Jesus and of Paul, of who Jesus Right? 
So there has to be those people that live around us today too. And it's okay if you're one of them here tonight. It's okay. I was at one time too because I didn't realize the full authority in which Christ Jesus gave me in his name. I thought it, well, you had to work for it. No, he worked for it. He bore the cross for you so that you could go walking about doing the things and the works that he did and even greater works. Well, I'm a Christian. I've had people say this to me. Well, I don't know about that, uh, sir. I, I don't know about casting out demons and raising the dead. And I'm not, I'm not sure about speaking in tongues either. I'm like, really? It's in the Bible. Do you believe in pastors? Because there's pastors in the Bible. Well, that's all, we, that's all we believe. Well, if you believe in pastors, you need to believe in the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, and the apostle, right? Like, and the teacher. You have, to, you have to believe in that. Oh, no, no, no. We just believe in the pastor. Okay, take your, take your scissors. I'll buy them for you because you're going to need money. And I want you to cut out all the things that don't exist today so that when you turn the pages, you know you don't believe in the Word of God. Oh, how could you say that to somebody? You're supposed to love them. You're a pastor. I do love them. That's why I'm saying it. Well, I don't know about casting out demons, Pastor. I'm not sure about that. Well, cool. So you're, you're, you're doubting whether it's not or true. No, I just don't believe in it. It's not for now. Okay. Are you a Christian? Yes. Okay, cool. What's the last thing that Jesus directed us to do as Christians? What's the last thing he told us? He told us this. Go into all the world and proclaim the gospel. Right? And he said, these signs will accompany you. You'll cast out demons. You'll speak with new names. I'm still not going to pick up a serpent. You'll drink any deadly poison. I've drank some pretty disgusting stuff in, in Uganda. And we will lay our hands on the sick and they shall recover. So let, let me explain it this way. I think Jesus laid out a pretty simple term of what a Christian is. Spread the gospel. Go around into the, all of the world and spread the gospel. The good news of being saved. The good news of that Jesus died for our sins. Amen? I'm teaching you. I'm not trying to get in your face or, or be offensive. I'm trying to teach you to do what Jesus instructed us to do. Why? So that that day when we stand before him, because the day is coming, when we stand before him, he is going to look at us in this house and say, you did it. Now think about that. How, like, I don't want Jesus to look at me and be like, you had all the teaching and you didn't do it? Oh, son, you're saved, come on in. No, I want him to look at me and be like, Son, thank you for doing the last thing I told you to do. See, I'm, I'm submitted to those, to those words, and I'm going to honor them. How happy can the Father in heaven be when he looks at me, his son, and looks at us that have chosen to walk this out, the last thing he's told us, and says, I command you to go into all the world and, and spread the gospel, to raise the dead, to cast out demons, to heal the sick and to make disciples of all nations. To make disciples of all nations. Not just get them saved, make disciples of all nations. And he looks at us and says, oh, well done, my good and faithful servant. Faithful. Faithful. Submitted. Honoring his word. 
honoring his word. So I've said this to, to, to a young man not too long ago. In here, in this house, he came up and, and he, he was asking some questions. And he goes, he, he was debating all this. And I said, well, are you a Christian? He goes, yes, I'm a Christian. And I said, oh, cool, man, awesome, so am I. So, like, we can agree that Jesus died for our sins. He goes, yes. And you believe what Jesus told you to do in the Bible? Yes. I said, oh, cool. When was the last person you got saved? When, who, who was the last person, or when was the last person you led somebody to the Lord? And he looked at me right here, and he goes, I don't even remember. Young man. He goes, I don't even remember. I go, so it's been a long, long time since you led somebody to the Lord. And he goes, yeah, I, I don't remember. I said, okay. Well, hey, when was the last time you laid your hands on somebody on the sick and, you, and they, they got healed in Jesus' name? He goes, never. I've never done that. And I go, oh. Hey, when was the last time you cast a demon out? And he goes, uh, I don't believe in that. I think you're saved. He goes, no, I'm a Christian. I said, I think you're saved. See, I have a distinction. I have a distinction. This is the way Pastor Bill's mind works to be motivated. I hope this helps you. I can be saved, but I want to be Christ-like. I don't want to just get saved and like squeak under the fence, so to speak, in heaven. I don't want, to, I don't want that, man. And you know what else I don't want? I don't want to leave a legacy where people are like, oh, that's a Christian. That's Christ-like. Because Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. So I should be able to say, follow me as I follow Christ. Because, Pastor, I'm sorry, but I'm following you as you follow Christ. What a great example, right? If you haven't picked somebody, and that doesn't mean we're together all the time. Blessed is he, right? But I watch him. I watch how he treats his wife. I watch how he treats his kids. I watch how he treats the rest of us. I watch how he teaches. I listen to how he teaches. I listen to how he speaks in tongues and interpretation. Why? Because I'm following him as he follows Christ. Because God put me in this house, so I'm going to submit to him. And it's easy. Silly easy. So I want to ask, are we ready to actually step up to the plate and notice the difference between salvation and being Christ-like? I mean, I, I, it blows my mind when I sit back and think what this house could do. Just on the Wednesday night believers, not Sundays, just this amount of people right here in these walls, if we, all of us, sat back and went, I'm going to be Christ-like. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lay my hands on the sick because it's not my name. It's not my name. If I lay my hands on the sick and they, and they don't get healed, it's not on me. That's on Jesus. Well, where do I learn all this? Where do I learn all this? Go to Bible college. Go to Bible college. Am I throwing a shameless plug? No, not shameless at all. Am I plugging it? Yes. You know why? Because in Bible college is where I got untaught that it was God's will. Hey, if it's your will, Father, healer. See, I went to a first Bible college and I just did what Paul did. Prior to, get, prior to going to Bible college, I would do what Paul did. He prayed for people in Jesus' name, so that's what I did, and I saw people healed. Lay hands on them, pray for them to be baptized in, in speaking in tongues, and it worked. And I'm like, this works. This is a ball, Travis. 
This is fun as fun can be. Then I went to Bible college and got taught religiously, oh, if it's God's will, you'll be healed. And you know what I saw was a drastic like 95% healing to like 30. And then I was like, what just happened? I'm doing exactly what I'm taught and it's not working. And then, that, and then the devil uses doubt. So then I come here to Life Bible College and I'm sitting in, I'm sitting in a healing class known by, to be taught by Pastor Mark and he's teaching healing. I'm like, uh, question, I, I need clarification on that. I was taught something different. And he goes, let me show you scripture. And then can you find me what you were actually taught in the word? And I couldn't find it. It was because man had failed and so they changed their belief based on their experience instead of changing their belief based on the word of God. See, our experiences shouldn't lead us astray. Our experience should match up with the word of God. And if it doesn't, then cast, just throw it out with the bathwater. Keep the baby, throw out the bathwater. Right? So am I, am I plugging LBC? Yeah, because when you go to Life Bible College, it will change your life. And here's the thing. If you do it right and you actually set it aside, you sanctify it into your life, you will change other people's lives. You'll take it so serious, those two years of a cocoon, I call it living in a cocoon, you'll fast, you'll pray, you'll spend time in the Word. And when somebody comes to you and says, hey, I need prayer. Can, can you, like, maybe get me an appointment with your pastor? No way. It's amazing. I can do this too. Can I pray for you? I just got to get my hands on you and you'll be healed in Jesus' name. The Bible says this. How many Bible college students in here, past and present, have done that? Raise your hand. Unreal right there. What are we doing in this house that's, that's Bible? We're discipling. We're making disciples of all nations. I didn't know we were going here, but there's something about us learning and, and getting to the understanding of trusting God's Word that you lay your hands on the sick and say, I command that sickness be gone in Jesus' name. Now be healed. Come on, man. You believed enough. All of us believed enough that while we were sinners, while we were sinners, no Holy Spirit in us, we believed enough to say, yeah, I believe in Jesus. I want to be saved. With no Holy Spirit in us, the hardest thing in the world that we had to do was get saved. And we all did it. Because we believed in the gospel, the power of the word. The power of the word. See, we believed in the power of the word. Now the power of the word lives in you. He lives in you. What are we scared about? We should all be going to Washington and California and healing everyone. They'd be like, what's wrong? They're, they're going there? Yes. Hey, wear a mask. No. You're not going to put your fear on me. No. Now that's me talking. That's where my faith is. You decide where your faith is, but that's where my faith is. I'd rather die in my faith than be a counterfeit. You know, Pastor and I were talking just the other day. It's amazing. When you, when you believe to the point that you'd rather die than give up, that's when you get it. That's when you get it. When you need a healing for yourself and there ain't nobody around, 
That's when you get it. You say, I'd rather die than have a scar on my stomach for the devil to remind me every time I get out of the shower. So you don't have faith? You think you have a healing ministry? How? Look at the scar. Nope. I'd rather die. I guess my family will walk in on me either healed or dead. But either way, I'm going to heaven. Sorry, but that's the way I look at it. A little hardcore, I know. But what's the other way? Like, what if, what if you knew the exact person that their life was depending on you to be living Christ-like? How would that change? How would that change your life instead of all of us living like most Americans? What if you knew the person? What would your life then change like? What would your prayer life change like? Would you get up in the middle of the night and pray? Would you pace the floor? We were created for it. Not just by full ministers. All Christians were created to pace the floor and pray. All Christians were created to worship our God. All Christians were, were created with healing hands and tongues to speak his name. That little fatty muscle thing inside of our mouth is the strongest part in our entire body. It holds healing. Just like in Acts, the Holy Spirit came and rested himself upon them. Just like in Africa that time, I felt Jesus sit on my lap. I didn't know at first. I didn't know truly what happened until probably a year later listening to a Brother Hagen sermon on YouTube of like, oh my gosh, that's what happened. But we're going to do this. Worship team's going to get back up there and they're going to sing that first song when they feel like it. <laughs> I'm about to turn into Brother Hagen with Keith Moore right now. I do that to my young adults when they just casually walk or they don't get up. They're like, no, 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 I mean now. And here's, the, here's, why, I, here's why I do it to my young adults. Because I'm trying to disciple them for him. Right? This is what we're going to do. We're going we're gonna to get back into worship. And Holy Spirit is going to come and rest himself. And if you... If you want to experience the manifestation, the power and the love of God, it's the love of God. It's nothing creepy. It's nothing mystic. No way, man. That's witchcraft. We'll get rid of that real quick. Holy Spirit was sent here to comfort us. He was sent here to draw us closer to the Father. 